Hello and good day. This is the Bible Bard. My bard is a storyteller who recites traditional texts associated with a particular oral tradition, and I'm here to recite and to amplify what the literature of the Bible says about who is God and who are human beings. Here's the place we're at today. In this lesson, the first of a two-part podcast, we begin discussing God's positive and negative emotions. In past podcasts, we've seen the following list of God's central attributes. First of all, he's not human. He is not, he is a spirit. He is God alone. No one else has his attributes or can perform his actions. God knows everything, that's omniscience. God is everywhere at the same time, that's omnipresence. And God is all-powerful, he's omnipotent. And these are attributes are what we've seen the Bible itself teaches about God so far. But if these attributes were all the Bible taught about God, that God, so described, would be a strange and abstract character. The above six qualities separate God from humanity and make him too difficult for us to relate to. We could not know or understand someone so different from us but God's core attributes are not all the Bible teaches about God. Throughout its contents, the Bible describes how God feels, his positive, and what we might call his negative emotions. You sometimes hear critics of the Bible, often who've actually never read it, relate some text or story that they think in the Bible describes God as being angry, harsh, mean, or even someone who commits cruel actions. While the Bible Bard thinks most of this type of biblical analysis is as superficial as a freshman's analysis of the Renaissance, nevertheless, it is true that God does display what people call negative and positive emotions. Here's a few of those negative emotions the Bible credits to God. He credits jealousy, God is anger, angry, and God feels rage. Now let's go to the sample text. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 5, the text states, quote, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, unquote. In Exodus 34, verse 14, the text reads, quote, Do not worship any other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God, unquote. In Isaiah 54, verse 7, the text states, quote, For a brief moment I, God, abandon you, but with deep compassion I will bring you back. In a surge of anger I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have compassion on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. And then lastly, in Isaiah 57, verses 16 through 17, the text reads, quote, I, God, will not accuse forever, nor will I always be angry. I was enraged by his sinful greed, speaking of Israel, and hid my face in anger. Yet he kept on in his willful ways, unquote. Let's talk about jealousy. 
In our times, jealousy is considered a natural emotion that is okay to feel, but is somehow wrong to act upon. We're not supposed to respond if our parents love a sibling more than they love us, or if our high school or college sweetheart dumps us for someone else, or if our spouse has an affair. Pop advice says, move on, let it go. Pop psychologists explain that jealousy is based upon feelings of inadequacy or fear of loss. But if you think about a divinity with the attributes we've described so far, we shouldn't attribute feelings of inadequacy or fear of loss to such a supreme being. Instead, God's jealousy is about two things, his divinity and his relationship with his people. About God's divinity, the text says the following in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8. Quote, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. Unquote. Now think of this. A great artist, one who has conceived a masterpiece in his imagination and then actually painted it, should be jealous if another lesser artist goes before an audience and takes credit for his painting. This is the type of jealousy where, for example, you do something in the office, but someone else in your team takes credit for it, and your boss believes them. It's normal to feel jealous and then angry that such lies should be told and believed by people you care about. The second form of divine jealousy is about relationships, much like the relationship between spouses. The text says the following about God's relationship to the nation Israel. In the book Hosea, chapter 2, verses 19 and 20, the text states, quote, I, God, will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you in righteousness and justice, in love and compassion. I will betroth you in faithfulness, and you will acknowledge the Lord, unquote. This Bible statement by God is the stuff of wedding vows. Each of the betrothed says, I do. Thousands of years ago, during the time the Bible was written, marriage vows were considered sacred promises that should not be violated under any condition, much more so than today in the days of open marriage. The human relationship of marriage becomes, in the Bible, a literary metaphor for the religious relationship between God and the nation he marries, the ancient Hebrews. The terms of the religious marriage contract are given in several places in the Bible, in Exodus chapter 19, verse 7, and also in 24, verse 3. The text reads, quote, When Moses went and told the people all of the Lord's words and laws, they responded with one voice, quote, Everything the Lord has said, we will do, unquote. You see, that's the Israeli or the uh, Hebrew side of the contract. Moses told the people what God said and his laws and what he required. And they said, everything the Lord has said, we will do. That's a marriage. As detailed in the previous lesson, the Hebrew nation and the Bible's God came to an agreement. And it was their national religion. The Jews, although living in a polytheistic world, agreed not to worship any physical idols like their neighbors did, but instead only worship this invisible God who no one had seen, 
but who had a personal relationship with their progenitors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and who, who had also delivered them from their Egyptian slavery. Here's what's really interesting. The God described with these abstract qualities that so separate him from humanity is also described as someone who is subject to intense human-like emotions. These are feelings we can relate to. It's hard to relate to a being who is everywhere in space at the same time, because we can't do that. However, when we hear about how God feels when he is betrayed, or about agreement breaking and backstabbing, we recognize that we feel the same thing. What is different about God's jealousy is that after his anger passes, God can forgive with compassion and, quote, everlasting kindness, unquote. God does something human beings do not usually do. He reestablishes his broken relationships. Unlike most of us, if our spouse betrays us, we're getting a divorce. Then we fight about splitting up the family possessions. That process makes us angry and bitter. Most humans go off into the future scarred by the divorce experience, but not so with God. He fixes the relationships in everlasting kindness. This text explores an amazing ability of God to recover when someone betrays him. We'll get to God's core being of love in a later podcast. This is the way the Bible Bard works. Brief recitations, closely focused, no distractions, no rabbit trails. Send the Bible Bard any questions or remarks you care to offer to BibleBardUS at gmail.com. Glad to hear from you. Thanks in advance for following and sharing content from the Bible Bard community. Thanks for listening.